Welcome to Let's Talk About It. I'm Samara. And I'm Sheena. And we're going to be talking about insurance and being a lesbian. Mm. Can you insure your lesbian tea? <laughs> Is that even a thing? <laughs> no, not at all. Alright, so tell me what you're thinking about today. Well, actually I was um, looking at the news and the story of the two lesbian couples in New Jersey who were refused infertility treatment from the insurance companies. And why was that? The whole thing comes about from a really stupidly worded state law when it comes to infertility treatments. And basically what the law in New Jersey says is that for a woman to get infertility treatment who is under 35, despite sexual orientation, they need to demonstrate the infertility through two years of unprotected sexual intercourse. Now let that sink in for a moment. Okay, so what if they've had like 10 years of unprotected sexual intercourse just with a woman? There's no chance of them ever falling pregnant, no matter what. Exactly. So the couple's lawsuit basically says that they're being denied treatment which comes automatically to a hetero woman because they're lesbian. They can't prove that they've had two years of unprotected sex and hasn't led to a child. You see? And the thing is, for these ladies specifically, they've got a medical record which shows their infertility and why they're infertile and why, you know, having sex has anything to do with that. It doesn't. The poor woman has endometriosis, which makes her infertile. So no amount of sex is ever going to make her pregnant. So basically this law kind of makes you have to have heterosex in order to get the treatment you need so that you can have a baby. Pretty much. That just seems wrong. Mm. And this is a law in New Jersey, from what I can see, and I think 15 other states have similar laws, and two states, including California, have just updated their laws so that they're not so ambiguous, so that they make sure that your sexual orientation or gender plays nothing into your infertility treatments. But from my point of view, I'm also looking at this insurance company going, what are you thinking? Absolutely. Because... An insurance company, if they work the way they work here, they'll have your medical record and they can see that your doctor has been giving you treatment and that you're infertile from whatever reason, whatever the law says. Surely some brain use comes into this? Absolutely. I mean, this just goes beyond stupidity because it's something where they're following the letter of the law and I don't think the spirit of the law. No one's trying to defraud anyone of money. They're not trying to get some sort of fancy, like, boob upgrade or something. They're literally infertile, and all they want to do is have a baby. And they've spent, um, and this, you know, differs from article to article that I've read, but between 25000 to $50,000 of their own money trying to solve this issue. She did get pregnant at one point, but it was um, outside of the uterus, so they had to terminate. And then she still had to go through two rounds of chemo. So this poor woman, it's nasty and horrible. These people at this insurance company are the exact reason that insurance companies have such a bad rep. Exactly. The thing is, surely it should be about creating healthy customers. Absolutely. You know, with a healthy lifestyle, a happy lifestyle, because all of that feeds back into your health. Mm. So... Like, they'll take your money, but they won't actually... Yeah, and and heaven forbid you forget one payment. Suddenly, you're not insured for anything anymore, even though you've been paying for years and years. Ah, man. These big guys, they really do screw up the little guy, hey? Mm. 
Yeah, I was looking at um, LGBTQ insurance and, mm. you know, infertility and fertility treatments. And, you know, what happens if you do want to have a baby? Okay. So under normal circumstances, um, women are covered for things like IVF and um, those kinds of things if they want to have a baby. They need to pay for the sperm themselves. But they get, you know, the doctor treatment and all of that covered. But if two gay men want to have a baby, that's not covered at all. Everything comes out of pocket. Well, because they don't have a uterus, technically. So I can kind of understand that. But having said that, there should be some kind of additional cover you can take, maybe. Or something that will cover baby mommy if you want to use a surrogate, for example. I agree. Because, like, I get it. It's not a medical condition. It's not... I get that. But at the same time... The world is changing and not every family, not every person fits into the mold that everyone's put everyone into. So I think things have to change in some way. I agree. But then the question, sort of if you extend that, okay, how far do you take it with, say, a transgender person? Do we expect then the medical bills to be paid for the full surgeries? Like... Where's the line then and how do you handle this if you're from the, the perspective of the insurance company? I think in terms of stuff like transgender, I think it depends on a per company basis. But also plastic surgery falls into two variations. There's reconstructive surgery and then there is the cosmetic surgery. Most cosmetic surgeries are not covered by insurers. Okay, But something like being transgender might fall into reconstructive because you have to have psych evaluations and all of that that can prove dysphoria with your body, which is technically a medical condition. Mm. You see, so it depends on the company. Because, I mean, if you are transgender, there are all the hormones. Mm. And from what I understand, you have to take those hormones for the rest of your life. Mm. That's expensive. Do you take that out of pocket? Does the insurance company pay for it? I don't know. Um, I haven't actually looked that up. But I would guess it would depend from company to company. The world is becoming a very complex place with identities being as fluid and different as they are and the needs medically changing as a result. So how do you as a family, as a person who wants to start a family, ensure that you're covering your kids, your family, your spouse, your whatever it is for all these eventualities? Is it even possible? It isn't. Unfortunately, at this point in time, not all insurers cover pregnancy or birth. That's true. You get things which they say, no, they cover pregnancy. But when, like, you're out of hospital, you all of a sudden hit with bills because, oh, no, it didn't cover X, Y, and Z. Or you have a baby who's unfortunately born not healthy mm. and that baby's not covered because it's got a pre-existing condition from freaking birth. What do you do? That's a good point. So as an insurance company, you want to figure out how to cover your clients so that they're happy regardless, but in such a way that you're not charging them exorbitant fees because of the possibility of somebody else's kid being transgender or somebody else needing fertility treatment. You know, the thing is, I think with insurance companies, they play the win some, lose some game. Let's face it, that's what they do. With some people, they never use their insurance. With other people, they use it all the time. And I think in a lot of ways, this is just an extension of that. And I don't know if proportionately it will make that huge a difference. It will cut into their profits a bit because it will be a slightly more things being offered. But 
in the long run. I don't know if it actually makes that huge a difference. It's like at one point AIDS wasn't covered at all. Yes. And now it is and treatments are covered and... Again, I think it depends on the insurer and the country. Believe it or not, Iran as a country actually covers transgender surgery, reconstructive surgery, reassignment surgery. And you know why? Because homosexuality is illegal there. So they'd rather have someone transgender, well, transfer into the gender that they believe they are and that person is a heterosexual than be a homosexual. Interesting. I've heard of transgender homosexuals, though, like people who go from... Yes, no, it's true. It doesn't mean just because you're changing your gender that you're going to automatically be straight. Mm -mm. But I suppose, hey, that's one way of looking at it if you're a country. And I suppose if you're a transgender person, you'll say whatever you need to say to stay alive. True. So do we have any letters? We do. We've got one from Marina. Her name is Kathy. Kathy says, I'm in an office with a woman who pings my dog. I'm out, but she's not. And I am intrigued by her, but I don't want to out her if she doesn't want to be outed. So what do I do? That is a tough one, especially if you're a faulty dog. Well, this is your problem, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Not that you generally go around <laughs> pinging people like, oh, look, there's a gay person. <laughs> I gave them little rainbow pins every time I saw it. <laughs> we should totally do that. With like unicorns on them. And glitter. Okay, so what should Kathy do? I think you need to take it slow. And I think you need to get to know the other person better. And just being friends with her won't out her? No. The more you get to know, the more you'll get to know, hey, has she had past relationships? Who were those past relationships? I suppose that doesn't even like completely confirm anything, but I think getting to know her better on a friend level will help you determine whether your gay doll is correct or not. And don't do anything in the office, because that's like the worst idea ever. What do you mean? Like, don't, you know, stroll up to your intended and say, hey, want to go out on a date in the office. Oh. Rather, I think, get to know her on a friend basis. Go out for a couple of drinks, lunch, coffee, whatever. And if the spark is still there and it does look like there is attraction between the two of you, then go for it. But like in private, not in a place where she works, especially if she's not ready to come out. I also think though, you just being friends with her does not automatically mean that you're going to out her. I think it's perfectly acceptable for gay people and straight people to be friends. That's not what I meant. What I just meant is Um, don't go up to her and loudly say, want to go out on a date in the middle of the office. Yes, I was making a a different point. Oh, okay. Go on. I agree with your points. I am making a new one. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd just be making the same points as you. I make good points. They deserve reiteration. So, Kathy, basically, just go be friends with her. I also have a rule of thumb when it comes to maybe, maybe not straight girls. And that goes like this. If there is attraction there between the two of you, let her do the moving and shaking. Don't you force anything on her. Don't be one of those women who are out to convert the hetero ladies. Mm-hmm. You're not a religious movement. You're a human. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah, sister. <laughs> You've been listening to The Lesbian Talk Show. I'm Sheila. And I'm Tamara. You can email us on podcast at thelesbiantalkshow.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean, but particularly on iTunes, please. Why is that, Tamara? Well, iTunes is the biggest place for people to find podcasts, and because of that, it's the charts everyone follows. So if you go rate us, it means that we climb those charts, and more lovely lesbians will find us. Absolutely. So rate us on iTunes. Yes. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Bye.